स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट हेलो एंड वेलकम टू मिंट आई एम नसरीन सुल्ताना आई एम एन असिस्टेंट एडिटर एट मिंट I keep a close track of all that is happening in the world of stock markets. You are listening to All Things Markets where I speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets. After a blockbuster rally following the budget, markets have been losing sheen. Most recently, there are fresh concerns over rising number of covid cases leading to fears of a deeper impact on the economy adding to those uncertainties is the fear of rising global inflationary risks as crude prices have been on the surge the sell off in equities worldwide is also following a sudden rise in 10 year bond yields across the globe so now as we are approaching fy22 the question is what are the top sectors to bet on in the new fiscal to discuss that i'm joined by satish ramanathan md and cio equities at jm financial asset management company hi satish welcome to the show hi thanks for having me here so satish after the budget proposals there's a lot of euphoria in the stock markets of course that has taken the stock markets to multiple record highs since the time the budget was announced but but at the moment what are the big focus according to you should be for the markets besides the infra in the banking sector in, in terms of uh, the uh, indian economy we are generally optimistic and uh, what we believe is going to happen is that the uh, stock market rally which was very narrow in uh, 2020 because of covid where people were focused on cash flows and their ability to survive uh that fear is gradually receding so consequently what we believe is this would be a more broad based rally going into the future with mid caps and small caps participating one is on that and second is on the thematic basis we believe that apart from infrastructure we are going to see cement and steel also participating in the rally which it did not in 2020 and we are also going to see uh, uh, the well run companies continuing to do well uh, be they in pharma be they in it be they in uh, any sector we think that the well run companies will continue to do well that's right so you said steel cement these are kind of an uh, ancillary to the infrastructure uh, top ba- top bet that most uh, you know analyst mark investors are betting on after the budget allocations but besides uh, these two uh, sectors you have any top bets or any top sectors uh, for fy22 uh, since we are anyways closing this fiscal this was one of its kind of a financial year but as we are starting the new year uh, there are a lot of optimism there are a lot of hope that the capex proposals that the government has put in that will kind of uplift the consumer demand and of course the economy as a whole so taking this things in the background what are your top sector bets for fy22 we continue to believe that while the government has increased its capex spend private capex will come with a lag private capex uh, cap- uh, is dependent on capacity utilizations and visibility of the future which 
while is optimistic, is not adequate for uh, incentivizing private capex still. What we think will happen is capacity utilizations have to cross 80-85% before the next wave of capex comes through. Consequently, what we believe is government-funded capex such as pipes, roadways, and uh, things of that sort where the government is focusing on social infrastructure, that may come ahead of private capex. That's one on capex side. And on the healthcare and financials, we think financials will continue to be a big theme into the future, primarily because uh, the needs of finance are so high in this country and the trickle-down effect has yet to take place in the sense that the credit availability for small and medium enterprises, small entrepreneurs, is still restricted and there is an opportunity to grow in these areas. The third aspect where we think there will be a long-term growth is the healthcare business because the healthcare business was predominantly focused on exports. We think that the domestic business, especially the services, diagnostics, hospital chains, all of these businesses will gain ground because people become more health conscious. And alongside that would be the insurance business, which would also benefit due to people saying that, look, we are just crossing a pandemic. Let's insure ourselves. Let's look at uh, de-risking ourselves at the personal level. So that's what we think would be the broad strategy uh, going ahead. And I think our portfolios pretty much reflect that. All right. So a lot of uh, sectors that you just mentioned, uh, including healthcare and insurance business and financials, uh, do you think these are also risky bets, considering uh, that... uh, you know, the, the COVID situation is still not over yet. Yet, uh, Though we have taken a control over, over the pandemic, there is a vaccine vaccination process that's happening in the world, especially in India as well. Uh, but do you, what would be the key big, big risks uh, to the kind of sector bets that you have for the next fiscal? The risks are, uh, as Nazreen, you rightly said, is something where if COVID were to make a comeback in the Indian context and we are forced to have uh, restrictions or lockdowns, as the case may be, then uh, a lot of this euphoria and a lot of this uh, expectations can recede into the background. That's one. The second aspect is that uh, in terms of government funding, if the government funding becomes tight and we uh, see a spike in interest rates, then many of these infra projects again get squeezed. So that's that's point number two. The third point, which is an extraneous point, not in the control of India, is what if oil spikes again due to whatever reason it is. India is still an oil-dependent economy. It imports most of its oil, and uh, increases in oil prices typically do increase inflation and slow down the economy. So that's these are the three factors that I would watch out for before uh, taking a call on the market, if you will. Right. Uh, 
you have not mentioned telecom as your sector bet at all for this year. I, I wanted to specifically take your opinion on the telecom sector. There are a lot of issues starting with the financials for a few of the companies that are still operating in India. Uh, besides that, we have 5G spectrum option coming up. Uh, do you think that analysts will uh, will start relooking at the sector with a new perspective altogether after the F, uh, 5G auction is done? The uh, telecom sector is getting highly consolidated. And uh, in, in terms of the market shares, in terms of revenue, everything is concentrated now uh, in the top two to three players. That gives some credibility and, uh, you know, to the fact that probably telecom could see better days ahead. That's one. But second thing is that uh, when you have a, a concentrated uh, market and a concentrated, uh, you know, auction of uh, spectrum, it could lead to a kind of, uh, you know, an issue where someone can overbid and uh, the capital efficiency of the business comes down. So we would probably wait for 5G auctions to uh, actually take place at the price points that they do and see if they make sense to anybody. And that said, the penetration of uh, 4G and the uh, data availability has been incredibly good at a very cheap price. I mean, uh, it's been one of the biggest enablers of the economy, e-economy uh, in India. And uh, it has uh, enabled a lot of service overlays on the sector. For instance, uh, you have Swiggy, you have Dunzo, you have a lot of service outlies uh, on this business. And that is something which probably is a little more capital efficient and attractive than the core telecom sector itself. Right. I completely agree to what you're saying that uh, telecom and the digital penetration was the heartbeat of uh, the economy, especially during the lockdown, as uh, the, the e-commerce uh, sector itself was, is striving on the digital penetration and the telecom. But you also said that there, there is a, it's a consolidation of probably top two players or maybe top three players at the moment. And uh, a 5G spectrum auction will also probably squeeze the uh, the funding or the funds that these companies have at the moment. Do you think because there's less competition, do you think that is probably going to increase the tariff? Because in more than one occasion, all of the telecom sector players have kind of said that uh, the rising uh, the tariff hike is probably going to be a reality. And if so, will, there, will their ARPU get better? Uh, it's a difficult question, Nazim, for this simple reason, because we don't know what technology lies ahead. I mean, if tomorrow internet bandwidth were to become cheaper by, due to fixed uh, lines being available uh, at about 200 rupees or 300 rupees per household, then uh, WhatsApp calls are for free. So, so we, we really can't kind of take a view as to whether technology will make it cheaper or cartelization or consolidation leads to uh, higher tariffs. So, so I mean, uh, I would say that the jury is out. 
and telecom is one sector where uh, i see lot of technology innovation and change taking place so i find it hard to take that kind of a call saying that you know consolidation is over let's uh, kind of increase the tariffs by about 10% and let it all flow into the bottom line that said uh, i think many of the telecom companies are all already trading at valuations that factor in a, a tariff hike so therefore we need to be a little more balanced in this uh, aspect but yes telecom is uh, doing very well by the revenue uh, growth and increase in profitability all right in fy21 as we kind of waded through the pandemic lockdown and uh, different options of consumption in home consumption mostly there was nothing about a touch economy but uh, consumption was a major theme in fy21 you think analysts will be still upbeat on consumption as a theme for fy21 because uh, people are moving up now uh, it's no more that you are concentrated at your home you are also traveling uh, or the consumption uh, will the consumption pattern change in fy22 and will the sector be still attractive for analyst as a sector it is extremely attractive uh, primarily because as india's per capita gdp improves you would not only see new products coming into the country uh, into the consumption basket and you would see premiumization continuously taking place uh, so as a sector there is nothing uh, to detract the long term as uh, you know fortunes of the sector where one may have a debate is is this the right time to buy this sector because valuations have run up a little bit so it's not the fundamentals of the sector that may put off people it may be just the valuations where people say let let me hold on a little bit longer and see if i can get it cheaper that's that's really the issue not the quality of the business or the uh, the scope of the business because i think what we, what we've seen through this pandemic is corporate efficiency actually improving manifold many of the fmcg companies have done a phenomenal job in arranging logistics ensuring that all demand is catered to and they have had multiple factories multiple distribution centers and catered to demand as and when it actually came up so uh, full credit to that i would only think that probably uh, i may be a little more patient on the valuation side okay uh, you know you in the beginning of the conversation you actually talked about the small and mid cap stocks if i have to ask you a question about the sector in the mid and small cap you think the rally that we saw in 2020 that's going to be probably sustainable in this year uh, and uh, 2020 was of course very good year robust year for these two sectors uh, unlike the previous 3 4 years where mid and small caps had not participated in the rally at all uh, so my question is fy22 you see uh, small and mid cap sectors participating in the rally and if yes then what would be the triggers okay the triggers are fairly simple uh, i'm taking it as a basket not sectorally uh, the theme is uh, fairly simple that credit uh, was available only to the large caps in 2020 uh, primarily because uh, bankers were scared companies were scared investors were scared so uh, credit availability was limited 
to the large tier companies and the mid tier companies that were low on debt managed to come out of this crisis fairly well the leverage companies had a bit of a struggle in 2020 what we are seeing now is that companies are able to negotiate with the banks and reduce their cost of borrowing because interest rates have come down they have also been very prudent in cash flow management they've cut back their capex and uh, the operating cash flow has improved free cash flow has improved so we see debt coming down the cost of debt coming down and the business sentiment improving so all of this we believe will capture get captured into the mid cap and small cap rally now in terms of the performance of mid cap stocks and small cap stocks uh the nifty basket is already at lifetime high so also is the mid cap basket but the small cap basket is about a 15 to 16% lower than the lifetime high that it reached a couple of years back so that's the potential that we see in the mid and small cap space okay uh one last question before uh, you know we end this conversation uh, we are running short of time but uh, you know this uh, rally that we have seen the stock markets and it's a continuous rally we have recovered not only recovered but also gained more than 100% from the uh, no crash we saw in, in march last year all of this is probably is actually fueled by the foreign liquidity or the foreign money that fis that, that are pumping money into indian equities now if that's uh, and this of course is a result of a lot of factors like the global central bank uh, in easy monetary policy stance uh, and dis are not participating at all and there are many reasons for that do you think fis uh, if they start pulling out money from india this rally will fizzle out because dis are not at all participating so there's been a change uh, in the investor sentiment that's taking place uh, across the world where uh, i think direct investment is gaining ground over going through uh, institutions and we seeing that in india as well we are, we are seeing the number of dmat accounts increasing the number of trading accounts increasing and the trading volumes remaining fairly robust so uh, in, in a way there is a little bit of a higher direct participation in the markets resulting uh, in dii uh, participation looking lower i'd reckon if we were to add direct participation plus dii together we would still be in a better place than what we were last year that's one and as regards fii flows yes fii flows do impact the economy uh, the market sentiment quite a bit but uh, having said that i think uh, india is in a good place uh for the next foreseeable future because if you look at the geopolitical equations if you look at the demographic profile you look at a number of aspects that india uh, enjoys and the goodwill that it currently enjoys it's in a good place and so consequently i wouldn't think that fpi uh, up and down would necessarily be the only driver for the markets unless one of these equations were also to fall so uh, i i would uh, take a more balanced and a longer term approach on the markets and uh, wait and watch for that those events to unfold all right on that optimistic note 
Mr. Ramanathan, thanks a lot for talking to us and sharing your perspective. Thanks a lot. Thank you. For feedback, you can write to me at nasreen.s at lifemin.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nasreen Story. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.